What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. Plenty of all three over the weekend. Had some good weather, had some bad weather, and had some ugly weather over the weekend. Hope you made it through that. That weather forced a uh, Easter Sunday ball game over at Dishfall Field, where, again, over the weekend, there was some good, there was some bad, and some ugly, including David Pierce being ejected yesterday. Uh, Longhorns were in control of the game when he got kicked out for arguing balls and strikes. But, uh, and I joked with my, my family that maybe he just wanted to go watch the Masters. It was coming to its climax. It's plausible. There. It's plausible. Hey, hey, ump, what do I have to say to get me kicked out and go watch the Masters? Yeah. I'm assuming he didn't do that. It's a joke. So we'll talk to David Pierce on Thursday about that. But David's got work tonight. They've got games tonight and tomorrow night. They play five straight ball games because of that weather. Also on the good, bad, and ugly side, the Masters was very good for John Rahm. Also pretty incredible with uh, what Phil Mickelson and then Jordan Spieth did yesterday to post really low numbers to put themselves in the uh, top ten. And number two overall for Phil Mickelson. So we'll reset that leaderboard, where the turning points were. Also, we're excited that in one hour, one hour, um, Mike Renner will join us. He is one of our good uh, friends who covering the NFL draft. He is the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. And what a great website that is. This at E, your Kyrie cancer take is extremely unfair. Move was made to put talent around Luka. Finney Smith, not a co-star. Look, I get why, and if you've listened to the show, I, I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to. I, I put him in, in the same conversation as James Harden. I don't. They're good players. They're Hall of Fame talents, but can't win with them. Don't want them. But I understand why the Mavericks did it. They're desperate right now to make Luka happy, and they had to do something, I guess. But they were in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year, if memory serves. So they got to figure something out. I'm just not a Kyrie fan. And if I say cancer, well, ask the Celtics, ask the Nets, ask Cleveland after they won the championship. This is a me guy, uh, and it's a team sport. So, you know, you, you can be a golfer and be a me guy because it's an individual sport. You're playing a team sport, and Kyrie, in my judgment, has always been a big-time me guy, and uh, that doesn't work for and, me. And who, who kind of disappears when it, when it matters most. I mean, that to me, J- James Harden is just a fantastic talent. And when it really counts, I cannot find the guy. And and it's it's going to be this year is I think going to be really defining for James Harden because they have a chance. I mean, his team has a oh, chance. I think he's been defined. Well, uh, I've, I've, my judgment's in on James okay, Harden okay. as a Rockets fan through the, yeah, the prime of his yeah. career uh, when they needed him most. Uh, yes, but that's look. It's my opinion, your opinion, everybody's opinion. I'm I think not a big he can Kyrie resurrect guy. at least a portion of a damaged get, reputation. Then I'll put you it can. that way. Well, sure, sure. I mean, but. On that team, in that conference, you know Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, he's the best player. Oh, he's going to get the MVP. Well, look, and that's what I've always said about James Harden. He's he he's a two, maybe a three, not a one. And in Houston, he was the one. He had to be the alpha, but he's not. Uh, and but yet they they paid him and they treated him like he was. Uh, he is a complimentary great player. Uh, that's not, not like I'm saying he's a terrible player. He's a great player, but he's also a me guy too. 
who wilts in the biggest of moments. So again, Kyrie, not not for me, not on my team. Uh, but, you know, I'm not the general manager of the Mavericks. I understand what they're trying to do with Luka Doncic. It's been impossible for them to get that second star player, so they traded for him and then, then tumbled out of the playoffs. And then, you know, Ty, you talked about it. You, you're not happy about it, but you understood why the Mavericks, you know, tanked their last three games to make sure they didn't make the play-in tournament. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been even more disappointing to have to watch them lose tomorrow night and Luca was focused on getting him back in shape for next year and getting his focus right because it didn't really seem like it was ever there towards the end of the year. There became some. There were some reports that came out about him dealing with some family personal issues. So hopefully all that gets cleared up in the off season and we can just attack next year. Um, hopefully with a new starting center besides Dwight Powell. <laughs> yes, and um, you know keep. They're going to try to bring Kyrie back. I get that. I'm just and, you know the off field stuff, the soap opera stuff, the Brooklyn. I mean, I just. Again, it's it, you're a team mate. You're yeah. not. I understand you do things individually, but you're on a team, and um, that's that's who you should be making decisions for in a team sport that pays you really, really well. That says he, he. How can you defend Luca and hate Harden at the same time? Look at the rosters. Look, I mean, Luca's getting there, and that's why he's frustrated because he's starting to get that label that he's a great player but can't win. I never heard you say you hate Harden. No, just I, but if you not like again, you hate I've been, Kyrie. My my my, <laughs> my I've been doing this show so long. I I was talking. I didn't like James Harden when he was on my favorite team. Uh, like him as a player, I just I just didn't trust him as a leader. I didn't trust him as a go to guy in big moments of game. Sure, he would post triple doubles and you know lead the league in scoring and those kind of things, but. You know, it's about winning championships, uh, and that's, you know, for, for me, that's not Harden. But, uh, look, Luka is – let's also remember Michael Jordan went eight years in the league before he won a championship. So it's – LeBron James went seven years and had to go to Miami to get a championship. I get it. Um, you know, it doesn't just add water, win championship. It's a tough thing to do. But, uh, you know, Luka's getting to that frustrating boiling point where, you know, we, we made some steps. They made it to the Final Four and, well, now they're going backwards and they didn't make the playoffs. So you can understand Luka being frustrated. You can also understand the Mavericks panicking a little bit that you know, we can, now they just re-signed and do a mega deal, so there's no – but in this day and age of the NBA where you can request your way out, right, you can yep. demand a trade, um, you know, the player has the leverage in these things, uh, Mavericks have to do everything they can, which uh, you probably know, Ty, means firing Jason Kidd, right? They're going to have to have a new coach there. I mean, it's, it's sad to have to say that after he took this team to the Western Conference Finals last year, but his attitude – uh, in, in the in the late stretch of the season, was just, he just completely gave up, and you could tell that he was not very happy with the Kyrie Irving move, getting rid of some of his uh, top defensive pieces. So I expect them probably to move on. Uh, I'm, I'd like them to look at Coach Silas, who just got fired by the Rockets. I mean, he was with the Mavs organization for a while, uh, young, good, upcoming coach. So I don't know. Any anything is better than what we got right now. We just need to overhaul a lot of different things. This says, Luca is James Harden. This says, Luca is a me guy and you like him. Well, I mean, this is Luca not close to Jordan. Well, I'm not comparing Luca Doncic to Michael Jordan. I am saying at a young age, he's one of the two or three best players on the planet, and just like Michael Jordan was at a young age. So The switch is going to have to flip for him eventually. I yeah. don't, I, he's, not gonna, I, he's so talented, but he's not going to be able to ever win a championship with the kind of work ethic that well, he has right now. And the defensive yeah. effort. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you're not going to see Luka well, on any all-defensive teams. Well, and he can't play year-round, right? He's going to some, he's gonna have to take his off-seasons off and not play for his homeland, and he, he's got to get in better shape. I mean, I think that's also a fair point. Uh, not just here to, to carry the mail for Luka Doncic, but at the same time, the question was about Kyrie Irving, and I think the evidence is is overwhelming that everywhere he's been, he's been a problem for that team. 
Um, you know, now he won a championship at a very young age uh, with Cleveland, but you know because he's a me guy. When they when LeBron James came back after Kyrie was drafted number one overall, you know, big picture Kyrie didn't like it. No, he wasn't the man anymore. They won a championship in that incredible series with Golden State, but no, he sulked. He sulked and sulked his way out of a, off a championship team. Uh, wanted to be the man again. Went to Boston, it didn't work. He was a problem. Brooklyn, we know how that went, and uh, here he is in Dallas. So let's see. Let's see where it goes. All right, let's get to the other headlines, though. Trending topics to uh, launch your Monday morning. It's a busy one. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. It starts with the golf, and that's John Rahm atop the leaderboard there. He began a long Masters Sunday yesterday morning when the sun came up. He had 30 holes to play and was four back of the leader, Brooks Kepka. Spaniard proceeded to put on an absolute ball-striking clinic and played the 30 holes in three under. Kepka, meanwhile, fell apart, shot a 75 in the final 18, and by Easter sunset, uh, John Rahm had earned his first green jacket, his second major championship, and becomes the first European player to win both the U.S. Open and the Masters. It is a pretty good duo of, of majors. The you know, U.S. Open is about as hard a test that you're ever going to find, and all I asked for was a chance, and they got it, so... To get that done is, I, I can't hope to feel anything but thankful. 28-year-old also leaves Augusta, again the number one player in the world, ascending past Scotty Scheffler with the win. Kepka, meanwhile, uh, finished second with Phil Mickelson. Mickelson shot an incredible final round, 65 yesterday, to finish tied with Kepka. Jordan Spieth fired a 66, he finishes tied for third. Tiger Woods withdrew from the tournament on Sunday morning after re-aggravating that foot injury. Baseball, Longhorns, a weather-created Easter Sunday ball game at the Dish yesterday. All-Texas, they roll past K-State 8-2 to in the rubber game of that series. Uh, Longhorns scored seven of their eight runs with two outs and improved a 23-10 overall, 6-3 in conference play. Craig Way will have more on that ballgame coming up in the Craig Way Report. Big news from Texas basketball over the weekend. Official word that Memphis associate head coach Frank Haith is joining Rodney Terry's staff. Haith returns to a Texas program. It's a major addition. He's 57 years old now. Was an assistant for Rick Barnes in the early 2000s. Recruited the likes of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Daniel Gibson. Also the Big 12 Player of the Year, P.J. Tucker in his time. Was part of the staff that reached the Final Four in 2003. He then spent 18 years as a head coach with stops at Miami, Missouri, and Tulsa. So brings a ton of experience and knows the program. Yesterday, the final day of the NBA's regular season. All 30 teams wrapped up their 82-game schedules. We mentioned no Texas teams made the tournament for the first time ever. Rockets did fire their head coach, Steven Silas. Pro baseball yesterday, Astros and Rangers both avoided sweeps by winning... uh, uh, game threes. Houston won in Minnesota 5-1. to one. Rangers topped the Cubs at Wrigley Field 8-2. to two. Round Rock blank Sugarland yesterday 6-0. E-Train opens a six-game homestand tomorrow night at Dell Diamond. Austin FC's early season struggles continue. They got uh, beat pretty good on Saturday night down there in, uh, out there in Los Angeles. LAFC beat them 3-0. And big news this morning from the NFL. Baltimore Ravens have signed wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year deal. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a fool this month. Come to Top Gun for great deals on steel lawn equipment and Toro, Hustler, and Gravely mowers to kick off spring. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Hey, so uh, that's Odell Beckham Jr. contract. We talked a little bit of it in the first hour in relation to Lamar Jackson. And is this about the uh, making amends with him or trying to build a bridge to Lamar Jackson? Uh, But that's a lot of money. $18 $18 million now, a lot of it's, I, I, I'm assuming some incentive base, but 18 mil for one year, they had to get a weapon for their quarterback. I mean, that's, if if they're going to do anything to get Lamar Jackson back, they have, you know, they added Nelson Aguilar, John Harbaugh, the coach, talks about when they get their running backs healthy and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they can get back to pounding the ball and, and play action and all that Lamar thrives off of. But, you know, Eldo, Eldo Beckham is a nice piece, but he, he hadn't played since the Super Bowl of last year and 
That's a lot of money for a player that's yeah. coming off a knee injury. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know how much of it is uh, incentive based. Fifteen million guaranteed. Whoa, fifteen guaranteed. Fifteen guaranteed out of eighteen. That's Whoa. a lot. That that's is a lot. lot. Oh, by the way, the grandfather has weighed in. Uh, he's texted us about uh, why David Pierce got got kicked out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I will completely admit. Then the Craig Way is texting about the reason he got. Uh, yeah, because Eric Kennedy also got ejected. I'll, I'll, we'll run through that coming up with Texas baseball. It's a long text, but I, I you know, here, here. I just wanted to call him the grandfather again. <laughs> That's why I mentioned better than it. the godfather. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, but so at our house, we had the golf on because I have a, I have a TV on my my outdoor patio, so I put the screen down and we could watch the golf. I had uh, the Astros because my parents were in town and they're huge Astros fans, so I had to have the Astros on inside, right inside the patio, and then I had the Texas game on my iPad. We were watching that, so we were keeping up with it. Wow. But it was getting third fiddle, and, yeah, my son's like, hey, David Pierce about to get ejected. Uh, so I had not seen what led up to the uh, to the ejections, and I'll, we'll let, I'll, I'll let uh, Craig's text explain that here coming up uh, as we get cranking. But a uh, lot going on. John Rahm, your winner. Uh, Longhorns, by the way, the Craig will have more on that too, but the Longhorns are going to end up playing five games in a row now um, because they, they had to move because of the weather on Thursday. It's supposed to be a Thursday through Saturday Easter weekend series. Longhorns played the K-State Wildcats Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, or, or excuse me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, including yesterday's 8-2 to win. Uh, we talked to David Pierce back on Thursday, and that was game day of game one that didn't, didn't happen until Friday night. Uh, he said they're exploring all options. They're talking to the Big 12. They're talking to K-State. And obviously the decision was made to, to, to play Sunday. And uh, that means Texas will play five in a row because they're going to play tonight uh, at Texas State against the uh, Bobcats, who the other you know part of that is Texas State was at South Alabama this weekend, and because of the same weather front that moved through, they were done playing baseball by Friday, I believe. They played Thursday, and then they played a doubleheader Friday and got back. So they've been kind of so sitting and waiting. Rested. Uh, they'll be more rested than Texas as far as pitching staffs go, and you know that you know obviously that that's their advantage tonight. And then Texas will host that game Tuesday night. So this will really stretch the. The pitching staff here, because uh, you know normally you just get one day off, but that one day off can be big when it comes to those those bullpen arms. So, Longhorns at Texas State tonight, six o'clock. You'll hear it. Also, uh, you'll hear it here too when they play at Dishfalk Field on Tuesday night. And you you pointed out it, it's become a big uh, you know big rivalry. I mean, last year they split. You know, and, and uh, yeah, it's each a, team it's won real, on each other's home. Real park. nice home and home. It's, yeah, it's a, a real, cool. real nice thing. You know, you know, Augie Garrido helped re- revitalize that rivalry, and of course, that was when Ty Harrington was there. And Ty will be in tomorrow. By the way, a little programming note: uh, you're here this Very morning good. for the Buck, and uh, Ty will be in tomorrow, which will be good timing coming off of whatever happens tonight in San Marcos. Uh, but yes, Ty helped to get that rivalry back, and you know, David Pierce has, has kept it going. And they've added a game, so it's a two-game series, and. Um, pretty cool to have it 30 miles apart. And, uh, you know, Texas yeah, State's a back. rising program. I mean, they were, you know, in a bad ninth inning from hosting a Super Regional last year down there at Bobcat Ballpark. And, you know, they're, you know, I think, 10 over 500 right now. So uh, this will be a fun couple of games over the next two nights, San Marcos and then back here in Austin. One hour from now, actually about 45 minutes, we'll talk to uh, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. We've got some football on the brain. And, Ty, I don't know if you saw this, but um, I tweeted this over the weekend uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the subscription-based theathletic.com. Mm-hmm. Good, I mean, it's really good journalism, and it's they do great stuff. So I, they had a mock draft out, and this was a three-round mock draft tie, which you know that's that that's the first hundred picks essentially. Uh, you know, you talk about 
30 play, picks in first round, second round, third round. So you're about 90 to 100 picks. Um, you know, so the, the top 100 players is essentially what you're talking about when you do a three-round mock. And it was pretty intriguing, Ty because and Monty, because in this mock draft, because we're, what, 17, 16, 17 days to the draft, the the Dallas Cowboys at 26, and this one the, the land Brian Brissee, the defensive tackle from Clemson. That's the first time I've seen Brissee falling that far, which it, I'm just going to say this right now on Monday – Two and a half weeks out. If the Cowboys end up at 26 with Brian Brissy, that is a steal. That is a killer pick. The Cowboys could use interior D-line, and this dude was the anchor of the Clemson defensive line. He and uh, Miles, Miles Murphy on the edge, they're, they're two best players. Both will be drafted in the first round. If Brissy's there at 26, do a cartwheel, because that's a big-time player in my opinion. Uh, but how about this, Ty? In the second round, they have the Cowboys taking the Texas A&M running back Devin A-Chain, the speedster. Who is a? I always say about him, he's a track guy playing football. I mean, football guys who can run track, but you know he runs between the tackles. But he is an explosive play waiting to happen. I know Cowboy fans, Ty, are excited about you know maybe Bijan Robinson at twenty six. But I would just say if you end up with Brissie out of Clemson, and then Devin A. Chain, who's who would be a really nice complement to what you're doing with with Tony Pollard at running back. I like that. You a fan, Ty? Yeah. No. I mean. I mean. I don't think they need to draft a running back in this draft, but if you can get a guy with that kind of speed in the second round, I say go for well, it. And A-Chain, we're kind of a pool group, because they're, they're planning on Tony Pollard, whether he can handle it or not, being the every-down back, right? He's replacing Zeke Elliott. He's going to be, you know, between the tackles, and I'm sure they'll be a little bit different with what they do with their run game, but we know that uh, he's an explosive play waiting to happen. Devin A-Chain would probably replace him. Again, you got to have a pick made who knows this is just a prediction but that would be the type of guy that can I mean he's got world-class speed I mean world-class speed get him on the edges you know get him in, in uh, explosive situations he's a really good player and then in the third round they have the Cowboys taking the Alabama guard uh, Ikeor, Ikeor, uh, Ikeor, I'm not sure how you say his name but he's been a starting guard at Alabama for several years that would be a nice draft if you get defensive tackle running back and guard and a guy who played at Alabama for Nick Saban I like that I like that too that's that fills to the most position the positions of most need on, yes. on both sides of the ball yeah, at that, guard and defensive tackle and that's why this mock is kind of on point and if Brissy fell because your top defensive tackle players in this draft and we'll ask Mike Renner about this you know we know Jalen Carter at the top out of Georgia he's probably the best player in this draft but he's got the baggage and he's you know kind of slid a little bit for some people because of what happened in Athens the night of the national championship party and the car accident the drag racing and then you know, showed up overweight for his pro day and some other things. So, but he's the best player. He's the best talent at that position. Then there's a kid out of Pittsburgh named Kalijah Cansey, uh, who's undersized, only 285 pounds, but just quick. And he's not Aaron Donald, but he kind of looks like him as far as that goes. Went to went to Pittsburgh too. And then I think the third guy is Brian Brissy. So if he's there, injury concerns with him though. He's missed 13 games over the past two years. I I mean, well, he can play. Yeah, if you can get a talented player like that in the back of the draft. Yeah, top back of the first it. round, you get a guy who's got like top fifteen talent. Tight leg injuries. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure. I was just looking at a scouting report, and it says he's missed thirteen games the last two years with injuries and illnesses, which has illnesses. stunted stunted his uh, progression. I like the player though. We'll ask Mike Runner that question coming up. Uh, if you're a Texans fan in this mock draft, they go Bryce Young too. Don't overthink the game. And then at, at twelve, <laughs> with their second first round pick. They would take Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, who, of course, he was hurt this year. But remember, when Nolan Smith was coming out of high school, he was the number one player in the nation. And he went to the combine, and at his size, his defensive lineman, he ran 4-3, and at 4-3, under 4-4. Four, four. 
Uh, so he's just a freak athlete. I would be okay with that as a Texans fan. Also, with their first pick in the second round, Ty, they have the Texans taking my man Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. I like that a lot, by the way. Yeah, I'm just excited the Cowboys. They don't have the Cowboys drafting a tight end in the first round. <laughs> no, no. I think you could. Yeah. I think it could happen. Well, that's another thing we'll ask Mike Renner because I'm big on the. Uh, there's a reason tight ends are mocked to go maybe four in the first round or at least in the first 40 picks because it's a great tight end draft. And, you know, you watch good teams play, like the Chiefs and the Eagles, and they have good tight ends. They have good tight ends. Hey, watch out for my guy, Jake Ferguson. It's a matchup position problem in the NFL if you have a good one. Uh, by the way, this mock draft also has Bijan Robinson to the Detroit Lions with the 18th pick, and we'll ask Mike Renner about that coming up, and Roshan Johnson to the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 94. Pick mm. 94, back end of the third round. So I saw one wag put both Bijan and Roshan on the Cowboys. You talk about wishful thinking. There's no way Bijan's going to be around at 28. Yeah, I think he's going to go between 10 and 20. Cowboys, but 26. Yeah. I think he's going to go between uh, 10 and 20. I agree. I agree with that. And we'll ask Mike Renner all those questions coming up as we're in the NFL draft is two weeks from this Thursday. Also, somebody said no love for Sam Bennett on the Masters conversation. Yeah, we've been talking about it since 6 a.m. Sam Bennett, the young Aggie, that was awesome. That was awesome to see him that confident, uh, that fearless. Yeah, I mean, he's a fearless. Was he kind of shedding a little tear at the after the, when he when he was done with the final round Sunday? He didn't play great. Um, I think down the stretch, you still get a trophy for being. Oh, the he's top low amateur. amateur. Yeah, yeah. He's low amateur for his lifetime, and that's a huge accomplishment for a golfer. And he just showed a lot of metal. I mean, he and he showed a lot of game. Obviously, a guy can play. Um, and I loved Brandel Shambly the. Uh, the golf analyst for Golf Channel comparing his swing to Ben Hogan's swing and side by side looks just the same. I mean, it's really impressive. Um, you know, real skinny and the flat belly, as we call him, and it's that beautiful, um, you know, golf swing. So Sam Bennett's got a bright future. He got to play that. with some of the top group groupings and pairings all week. Oh, that was the I impressive mean, part, right? He played on, on Friday, Thursday and Friday with Scotty Scheffler and that group. So the defending champion, who's a Longhorn, and, uh, you know, it's. Longhorn and Aggie, and they they got along great, and he played great. I mean, he played phenomenal. Uh, he was up the top of the leaderboard uh, until – that's the whole thing about 72 holes. That's why this all matters, Mr. Live Golfers. Uh, you know, 72 <laughs> separates. It really does. Um, it's it's what it's about. you got to make that cut, and then you got to you know, move move on moving day and then put yourself in position and then pounce on Sunday if you're going to win tournaments. Yep. And uh, that's how it is from a young age. But Sam Bennett will be a factor. Um, on the on the PGA Tour in short order, I think. And he's a fifth-year Aggie, is that right? Yes. Fifth-year. Yeah, good player, obviously. But uh, it was fun. Golf was good yesterday from morning. It was because everybody, everybody complains about every year. The Masters only gives you that four-hour window each day. Because of the weather, we we had to live with not seeing a lot of, a lot of golf on Saturday. But we got uh, kind of like the British Open, right? You got to see breakfast golf, lunch golf, and then... Dinner golf. It was good all the way to 6 o'clock. <laughs> Dinner golf. It was good. Didn't Sam Bennett compare uh, Augusta National to the that course that takes up all of College Station in their campus? I think I heard that. That was a little disrespectful. Because I didn't think this would be the easiest plan, blah, blah, whatever it's called. Like, I don't not call know. Station. I didn't anymore, hear that, buddy. so I don't have a comment. You, I don't know. You, you would you would know this, Aaron, but the now the Aggies won the national championship in golf a few years ago. Was he a freshman when they won the national championship? I don't know this answer. <clears throat> I'm sure many Aggies will text in 
Um, no, I, somebody will tell us. I think the thing I see here is 2009. Oh, then I'm way. 2009 was the national championship. This but, is what uh, happens when you are from the Jurassic Age, is that all the, <laughs> all the past begins to blend together. We'll talk about David Pierce's ejection coming up and some Longhorn baseball, uh, where they stand at 23-10 and 10 now uh, as they head to San Marcos tonight. We'll also have a Craig Way report coming up, part of a Good, Bad, and Ugly Monday, Salacious Gossip, and your Blitz. With Jurassic Monty in the house, coming your way. It's Beanie on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. No Bucky today, rooting for him. He's having a procedure this morning. He'll be back with us on Wednesday. Monty Williams in the house today. That'll be a Jurassic Monty blitz, that means, before the top of this hour. That could get ugly on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. It always does. It always does. Saw a good documentary over the weekend, Monty, in addition to all my golf and football or baseball watching. What's that? Uh, well, you know the director, Sam Jones? Uh, he's done many documentaries. He put out uh, a documentary on Jason Isbell, and his, oh. uh, which is very good. It's called Running With Your Eyes Closed. It debuted on HBO on Friday night. Uh, real raw, real intimate. I mean, it, uh, it's behind the scenes for sure, behind the curtain of how a record is made and one of the great songwriters out there. So it's highly recommend. Sam Jones did uh, a documentary called The Basement Tapes, and you see him. He does that at interview show uh, where they do it in black and white, and it's just he and another guy in a chair or another guest in a chair. Uh, Sam Jones does a good job, so I enjoyed that over the weekend. You're watching Succession right now, right? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I think you and I talked a little bit about it. I'm kind of more of a binge watcher, wait and so I'm waiting. Can. I'm waiting, and of course, it is so difficult to avoid spoiler alerts on a show of that magnitude where everybody's talking about it and it's all over my social media and i'm trying to keep a blind eye to that but uh no i'm waiting trying to wait till the whole season's over yeah and that may or at least until there are four so i can get a good healthy dose i mean i i like seconds and i like thirds and if i if i like if i'm on a roll i don't want somebody to tell me that's all you get for now i i i'm you want to keep going. I want to. I want to keep going. I'll tell you uh, one one suggestion for. I don't know whether you've seen it. A lot of people have not yet. Navalny, the one that won the Academy Award documentary. Uh, documentary. If if you haven't What's seen that? it, uh, Navalny. It's about the dissident who's in jail now in Russia. Who who uh, they tried to kill. They tried to poison, and he got out of. Uh, Got out of the country and then returned. It's just, it's riveting. Navalny is great, great documentary. Yeah, uh, the Jason Isbell documentary. It's it's interesting because it began before COVID and then it includes uh, COVID. I mean, it's it, it's the album, the reunions album that he put out right as COVID was cranking up, and uh, uh, it's really it's it's it's, it's real raw. It's real are good. you are you you're you're acquainted with Jason Isbell, right? Mm-mm. I met him a few times. I mean, well, that's uh, what I mean. That's no, I yeah, mean. we. He's big fan, and he's done he's done ACL tapings and things of that nature. We're lucky enough to be there. No, he's he's great, and uh, it's a really good documentary. Behind the, it's really he and his wife. I mean, because she's in the band, and she's yeah. you know it's good. It's very good. I recommend it if you get a chance. And to he see had demons, HBO. right? Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it tells that whole story. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Good. Well done. Well done, Sam Jones. Hey, how about uh, this, Daniel? We're just talking about NFL draft, and we'll go deeper into the NFL draft coming up top of next hour. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. He's their lead draft analyst. He will join us. And Daniel Jeremiah, who is the lead draft analyst on NFL Network, has just put out this morning his uh, you know two and a half weeks out top ten draft prospects, regardless of position. So essentially, the top ten players in this draft. Number one is Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. So, again, if the Texans have a chance to take him, just take him. Let's not overthink this game. 
If the Panthers take C.J. Stroud, just take Bryce Young and move along. Uh, number two on the Daniel Jeremiah list, Will Anderson Jr., his teammate at Alabama, uh, the edge rusher. Number three on Daniel Jeremiah's list, B. John Robinson, running back, Texas. I concur. Three best players. And interesting that his fourth player is the Ty- is uh, the Texas Tech defensive end, Tyree Wilson, who's a Texas A&M transfer out to Lubbock, and he is really high on a lot of boards. Let's remember this with uh, Daniel Jeremiah. He has his own opinion, but he also talks to a lot of people behind the scenes who are building draft boards right now for the 32 teams. So this is, a, I'm sure, his, but it's in, it's also inspired by people he's talking to. So to have Bijan Robinson as the third best player in this draft, that's where he is. And that's that's true, right? I mean, who's a more impactful player? Now, running backs by the economics of the sport right now don't go high, this high, wouldn't go third overall. Saquon Barkley, I remember Bucky and I went to Indianapolis to cover the combine the year Saquon Barkley was the consensus best player in the draft. Um, and, of course, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield as quarterbacks went, and he went too. So B. John Robinson, the highest-rated running back since Saquon, how high will he go becomes the question uh, two Thursdays from now, two Thursdays from this Thursday. Number five on that list is Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle. Now, how about this one, Illinois cornerback Devon Witherspoon. He's the best corner in the draft. C.J. Stroud, quarterback Ohio State is seven. Peter Skaronski, uh from Northwestern, the left tackle. Uh, this is why I say this is a really good tight end draft. Dalton Kincaid, Utah. Tight end as a top 10 player, according to Daniel Jeremiah. Anthony Richardson, quarterback Florida, is 10 on his list. So there you go. We'll talk more draft coming up. Uh, Craig Way did let us know, because, uh, again, I was kind of watching three different things at one time and trying to get ready for Easter dinner, and I, I saw that David Pierce had been ejected from the game yesterday. The Longhorns won it. Uh, Craig Way clarified to us that he was uh, he got irate at the home plate umpire because Mitchell Daly had uh, – what he he legged out a ball down the he he injured himself he was kind of trying to he got uh, he was down at first base and he was trying to uh, shake off an injury. Meanwhile, the home plate umpire is telling Jared Jared Thomas the batter get in the box, and Jared Thomas was standing outside the box. We know we have pitch clocks now and hitters clocks. You got to be in the box, and David Pierce was not a fan of the home plate umpire. Um, trying to speed up his batter while he's got a guy, hey, come on, let him shake off the injury down at first base. Fouled a, fouled a ball off his foot. Yeah. And so he's trying to shake that off. Obviously the home plate umpire wasn't wasn't happy with that, wasn't going there. Uh, so he got ejected after saying some things you can't say to an umpire. He's out. And then two batters later, Eric Kennedy got ejected because he called a, a ball that was wide of the zone, strike three. And so Eric Kennedy gave him a piece, and he was ejected too. Longhorns won the ball game. So clarification on that. Uh, with David Pierce. Now, I believe that the rule would be that Eric Kennedy can't play tonight. Is that correct? He was ejected from a game. I don't think he can play tonight for the Longhorns against Texas State. Somebody will clarify that. I think he's out. I think I'm, by the NCAA rule, if you get ejected from one game, you're out the next game. You mean in regardless of the sport? Yeah, no, baseball. Oh. Baseball. I was going to say, if you get kicked out of a basketball game, you don't have to sit the next game. I believe that's the rule. But uh, Craig Way will text us and clarify. I think yes. he's out tonight. And that would be a big hit to the lineup, right? He's at the top of the order. He's yeah. their, their, their table setter and veteran presence there at the top of that order uh, for David Pierce. So that game tonight, 6 o'clock, Texas and Texas State. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Renner coming up at the top of the hour. We will also not spoil succession for you. I will say that I did see that there is a big plot twist in the yeah, episode. Yeah, I know, I know. And Ty just, watches it, too. I haven't watched it yet, either. I'm going to watch it tonight. I have not, either. And I will not spoil it for you, Monty. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's good. That's good because I'm trying hard. I'm trying hard to remain. Is ignorant. that the best show on TV right I now? Think I was about to say. I think it is. Well, you are. You, you carry more weight than most. By the way, you're down. You're down to your playing weight from college right now, Mister. I have Getting dropped fit. some weight, and my <laughs> knee feels great. You got a new knee, <laughs> the, and yeah. you're exercising now, which yep. is a good thing. Yep. But uh, yes, the. You were a, a member, uh, still a member of the Screenwriters still, Guild of America. Yes, that's right. Used to work for Steven Spielberg. You've written your fair share of screen of screenplays. Rejected screenplays, yes, <laughs> and accepted at times. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you think it's the best show on television right now? I Succession. do. I think it's. I think it's the best written show, uh, and and it just is incredible in the fact that it does. Ha- it's rooted in truth. I mean, obviously, it is. It is kind of a a look at uh, at the. Uh, <laughs> the the actual family that that runs Fox, and uh, I just I just think the the writing is just phenomenal, just phenomenal. It is a good show. It is uh, uh, interesting. There's a lot of good TV right now because I got There's, mad. Everybody yelled at me last week because I gave a I didn't spoil anything, but I gave some some color on what went on in the show. I like called Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Oh, uh huh. Which is I'm very very familiar good. with Yellow Jackets. Yeah, and I've been our friend Greg Swindell texted that's listening this morning that uh, Eric Kennedy is out tonight. Okay. Won't be able to play uh, by NCAA rule for being ejected by the home plate umpire yesterday. Hey, did you see where on a good, bad, and ugly Monday where John Rahm, after winning the green jacket, and uh, as we said, put it on a, a just a shot-making and ball-striking clinic for 30 holes yesterday. It was really impressive. Uh, I'll give you this number again because I, when someone does something historically great, we got to remember, he didn't just win the green jacket. He hit 86% of the fairways all weekend long, 86%. He hit 72% of the greens, which is the greatest ball-striking Masters champion since Ben Crenshaw, 1995. Before that, Jack Nicklaus, 1986, when he won it at the age of 46. That is incredible, to, to hit the ball that consistently on the face, where you want it, keep it in play, put it on the green, you know, make your two putt, take your birdies where they are. That's really impressive. But after winning, so here's the thing about John Rom too. He opened the tournament back on Thursday with a four putt double bogey, four putt double bogey on one. And when he was, you know, he had accepted his green jacket, he got his trophy. I have to see if we can find this audio. Ty, it's funny. He uh, he says for the he he goes into blaming Zach Ertz because because John <laughs> John Rom is good friends with J.J. Watt. And Zach Ertz, they all live out in Phoenix. Cause that's where oh, is that how that came yeah. about? I wondered how he's, come he's friends with them. Yeah, Ertz, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. He now plays for the Arizona Cardinals. J.J. Watt wrapped up his career with the Cardinals, and he lives out there. Uh, John Rahm went to Arizona State, so he's he's a Phoenix guy. And he uh, he says, uh, do you have that, T.Y.? See if you can find uh, Z- uh, John Rahm on Zach Ertz. It's pretty funny because uh, he, he, he says he jinxed him. Says he jinxed him. Let's hear this from John Rahm while accepting his Masters trophy yesterday. For those people who believe in, in jinxing other players, people, and whatever it may be, Thursday morning when I was on my go- on getting on the golf cart to get to this putting green 10 minutes before my tee time, I saw a text from a good friend of mine, and I'm going to name him because he is a Super Bowl winning champion, Zach Ertz. Um, <laughs> he, he said the text... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase here, but he said that first green looking like a walk in the park or something like that right now. Ten minutes before I four-putted the start of the tournament. <laughs> so, thank you, Zach. <laughs> 
Don't ever do that again, please. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Don't be. You probably shouldn't send texts to a competitive golfer who's about to tee off. You really just shouldn't, right? I'll, I'll send a text to Bucky who's about to have a colonoscopy and say, "Hey, man, good luck today. Hope that goes well." But you know, uh, <laughs> don't be doing that. As we said, he's now the 56th gentleman to win the Masters Championship in the 85 or 87 tournaments played. Uh, he gets the green jacket. He gets to keep that too. Remember when? Uh, like Phil Mickelson wore it to Dunkin' Donuts, and Sergio Garcia didn't take it off for, for days. I'm surprised you can't. I mean, I assume you, I could get on the Internet and buy a knockoff. No, not like that. You get a Masters get trophy, that. you get a replica trophy of the big uh, Butler Cabin-looking thing. I get a green green blazer and get that one of those patches and sew it right on there. Here's the key, though. You get lifetime membership to Augusta, so you're a member forever now. Even if you're just doing one, you're a member forever you have lifetime tickets to the Masters as a member. Uh, you get your own locker spot in the Champions locker room, which is pretty cool. And you get to choose the Champions dinner next year on Tuesday. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of Spanish yeah. flair to that. Paella. They'll be having paella. And it was interesting that uh, John Rahm won it on April the 9th, which was the same date that uh, Seve. Seve. Mm-hmm. Seve Ballesteros won his green jacket, uh, a green jacket. And, of course, Jose Maria Olafable. Uh, a Hall of Fame player from Spain. But, yeah, he's uh, the fourth player and the first European ever to win both the U.S. Open and the Masters. I think you, when I read that this morning, I had to read it like three times. Like, really? No other European player has won both. Now John Rahm has, which is pretty darn incredible. Gary Player did it, but he's from South Africa, of course. But um, pretty amazing right there. Beat Rory to it. Beat Rory. Beat Rory. That is true. Because he has, he has multiple U.S. Opens, doesn't he? Now, Rory's looking for the Masters for the career Grand Slam. I mean, yeah. He'll be done. I mean, he's won everything else. He just hasn't won the Masters, and he didn't play great this weekend. I He was, gosh. Um, I wasn't a fan on Thursday. It's, it's cool for a fan that he was talking to the guys in the tower, like during the, the hole. And I saw a, a, a quote from Nick Faldo saying, this tournament is about ultimate concentration. This tournament is about locking in for he four He always days. says that, though. He must he, have a deal or I, something. I don't get well because Rory's become the face of the PGA Tour. He's become the face of golf, and he's he's fought against the Live Tour, and he's fought for the the, the this way, and so he's he, and he's become a very you know popular fan favorite because of it. Hasn't but, he always jabbered? I mean, well, he got it, but yeah, he, had a, a, he had an earpiece in his oh, in his oh, ear, yeah, and he was AirPods talking in. to Jim Nance so, while he was playing the hole. And it I sounds was, terrible. <laughs> it sounds. Like a crackly phone call. Yeah, no, he was talking <laughs> to the tower while playing. And, okay. Oh, yeah, talking about his shot and where he needs to be and uh, just being Mr. Jovial Rory. As I say, I was sequestered in a remote area this weekend and didn't get to see that. I, I don't know how that would that have was come fr- That was way back on Thursday. That was like round one. Oh, Thursday. Oh. Yeah, that was the first round. It was kind of cool, but at the same time, it's the Masters. And, <laughs> and it's ultimate concentration. Lock it in. Lock it in there, Rory. We'll come back when we do load up your blitz. Somebody said this will be a succession spoiler blitz. Let's not do that. Let's not. Monty may have to bail out on the blitz. Monty would rather not be for the blitz anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. Be on the horn. Where you get that from? Did someone want to tell you that? Did someone want to tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. Of course, ahead of your blitz, load it up, 447-3776. And yes, the blitz brought to you by the Icy Cold Frosty Bud Lights. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. Watching baseball, watching golf with the Ice Cold Bud Lights. And hey, you knuckleheads can stop sending me emojis of uh, Bud Light cans, okay? You can do that. I'm not the marketing director of Anheuser-Busch. Let's just go with that. That's not my call. But it's still my favorite beer, and I like Bud Light. So, and they bring you salacious gossip and the Blitz. 
or ahead of the Blitz every morning. You can stop with the uh, the text. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Got it. Well, let me just say this. I like Bud Light now. Well, <laughs> well look, uh, that's that, I like the beer, but stop sending them to me. That wasn't my decision. Uh, but Salacious Gossip is brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights. And guess where we'll be on Saturday? Texas Spring Game. Bevo Boulevard. Oh, man, we got orange-white scrimmage. And you and said they're doing the whole day. I'm pretty Bevo sure Boulevard. we're going to be down there doing a pregame show, getting ready for it. Craig and the crew will have the call of the orange-white scrimmage. And, uh, yeah, Frosty Cold Bud Lights and Bevo Boulevard and football. Can't beat that. Can't beat it. Hey, you can beat this, though, in salacious gossip. Hey, T.Y., why was Rudy Gobert taking swings at dudes on the bench yesterday in Minnesota? Because he's a punk. He's always been one. Come on, Gobert. What was that about? Who was he swinging at? Uh, Kyle, Kyle Anderson, former Spur. What did he ever do to me? You, man. Come on, Rudy. Quit swinging at people. He got sent home. Got and sent his home. teammate also punched uh, a wall in the tunnel and broke his hand. Jaden McDaniels is out for the season. Oh, jeez. And Just the Timberwolves are going to the playoffs. I mean, this is what a mess. <laughs> I mean, the Mavericks at least can be a dysfunctional mess, but at least they're going home. It's over. Season's over. Uh, Spurs and Rockets, too. Hey, so um, on the... NBA front, you see that the NBA played two games at the Moody Center this weekend, Thursday and Saturday, and it went pretty darn good. 16,000 fans sold out. Greg Popovich loved the crowd and how on top of uh, the bench they were and thought it was cool. Uh, they'll be coming back. Uh, so Moody Center, um, Greg Popovich said last week, this is not a one-off. This is not just for our 50th anniversary season. We need to be playing some games up in Austin. They're not moving to Austin. Don't get you twisted here. They're going to play games every year to have a presence in Austin. It'll be interesting to see if they, you know, increase the number of games over some years. Also interesting to see if UT, because Greg's CDC, Crystal Conti, has sworn that they'll never open up the garage doors for a college basketball game. That it's a 10,000-seat arena, even for Kansas, even for, you know, whoever they play. Because the Spurs, it was open. It was like a concert. They had 16,000 seats and sold it out. So... And it was loud. It was cool. That was good to see. And Minnesota was here, and they weren't punching each other, which was also kind of cool. So you think that that may have I don't know. CDC reconsider? CDC said no. And he said we're not doing that. But I don't know if he'll reconsider. But at least for last year, when they only lost one home game all year, they didn't. Uh, but we will see. The um, other salacious gossip of the morning. How about this, Ty? Ty, said, you said you're doing jello shots on Saturday night? Oh, yeah. Jello shots and crawfish boil? Uh, you weren't in Florida, were you? How about this guy in Florida? Florida man accused of breaking into two homes, jumping into a pool, jumping on a trampoline, and running from the cops. 34-year-old Blake Talkman was not only naked, but he was greased up, too. Here's the line in the story I like a lot, uh, Monty. In addition to being naked, sheriff's officers said Talkman was also covered in wheel-bearing grease, peppermint oil, and blood. <laughs> they believe... He may have been under the influence of an unknown substance or substances. It is the first time I've ever heard of anyone trying to get away from the cops by using a trampoline. <laughs> and oiled oiled up as well? Wheel, wheel, wheel bearing grease. I'm sure that Craig Way is going to be unhappy that you've taken his Florida man thing. You know, they always do their Florida man. Florida man. Blake Talkman. Uh, I'm sure Ty at some point after having multiple jello shots and a bunch of crawfish wanted to strip naked and jump on the trampoline with bearing grease on. Who's to say I didn't? <laughs> Only <laughs> to say I didn't. <laughs> That's right. Only to avoid the police. Now this one's weird, and then we'll get to your blitz. Load it up, 447-3776. A Swedish man has broken the world record by consecutively cracking 46 joints in his body. So you know you can crack your knuckles. you crack any other joints in your body, Monty? I, I uh, No. 
Ollie London broke the record. He consecutively cracked 46 joints in his body. Welcome to the Guinness Book, Mr. London. That's awesome. Another well big accomplishment for the Swedes. <laughs> yeah, strong. Strong right there. Uh, all right, let's get to your blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right. No spoilers. First Blitzer, you are up. Hey, uh, that Quan Rom, you know, he's doing quite well, pretty impressive. Yeah, that little boy's driving well, he's putting well, he's doing everything he takes to win. So uh, I'm going to go pat him on the back, say congratulations, and tell him not to serve Taco Bell or tamales or whatever else they serve. This Thank is you, Fuzzy sir. Zeller. Oh, no, Fuzzy Zeller. My question was, why wasn't Sergio there? Like, Jose Maria yeah. was there to say, give him a big hug, and where was Serge? Spaniard on Spaniard. Come on, man. Next Blitzer, you're up. Hello, Blitzer. Oh, no. All right, next Blitzer, you are up. 2022-23 basketball season. Texas college basketball teams, A+. Plus. NBA basketball team for Texas, an F. Yeah, we effed. We effed it. Yeah, because somebody asked, when was the last time all three Texas NBA teams didn't make the playoffs? It's never happened. Never. First time. Uh, that'll be slim pickings here for if you're an NBA fan, April, May, and into June. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Jurassic Monty. Yeah. Hey, uh, we need to get your take. Uh, do you agree that if we can't get number five, we want Rojo, not that ag? And then the second thing, we know you love Rocky so much. So what's your take <laughs> on Creed? Have you seen Creed, Monty? No, but I mean, I'd be I'd completely happy to see Creed. And I know the reboot of, of, of the Rocky series is real good. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not down on it as a concept. I was down on the original movie and Winning will remain. Winning picture of the year. Yes, over Network and Taxi Driver. Next Blitzer, you're up. Hey, uh, that guy out here in Florida wearing covered in grease, you know what we call that? Just another day. Just another day. <laughs> Last uh, Two more. Blitzer, you're up. Yeah. Another reason why Texas won't win the Big 12. Henry. They got to send a report to him. Good Lord. Uh, last blitzer, you're up. Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing today? Doing well. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to get a shout out to Sam Bennett. What a, what a great performance for an amateur, and I wish him luck from here on out. Have a great week. Take care. There you go. Look at that. Now that's how the blitz should go. Right there. Some civility. Some articulation and civility in the blitz. And no succession spoilers. Hey, by the way, uh, somebody said, I know why Sergio didn't give him a hug. He was here in Austin. I saw him at church on Sunday. That's right. Serge didn't make the cut. No. Which makes sense. Why would you stay through that? Just come home. Somebody saw Serge at, at church. Easter Easter Mass. Good for Serge. That makes sense why he wasn't there to greet Jean Rahm as Jose Maria was. Hey, we come back. We will uh, pick up these conversations, and Mike Renner will join us. Excited to talk NFL Draft. A little over two weeks out to it. Mike Renner is the lead draft analyst of Pro Football Focus, so we will certainly talk Bijan, uh, Roshan, the Longhorns, the Cowboys, the Texans. That's all coming next year on B&A.